can you remember like the anxiety of when like your crush would call you or like somebody that you had had like kind of a crush on and you would talk to them on the phone and you're like I don't know what to say like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> absolutely the kids don't have to go through that these days but we did You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Med staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Another week of quarantine. So um, I don't know if any of you have seen, but um, in some states they have already extended uh, social distancing rules to May 15th. So that's for another month um, at least. But uh, I don't know, I've seen a lot of stuff out there that's like, uh, I saw an article for the Omaha World Herald that said um, we could be doing this for another two years if a vaccine is not found, so. <laughs> I don't know how legit that could possibly be. I think that so many businesses would go under. So many people need to be at work. I mean, I think this time has been good to show companies like what they can accomplish without being in office, specifically like us, that we have the luxury of being able to work from home and recruit from home. And so it doesn't, hasn't affected our productivity as a company no. to have people work from home. But I think people still want to be in the office. Like, I'm sure it's so much easier for you, Jamie, as a brand specialist to work on your computer in the office and have, like, the videos that we are putting out all the time just right there. Yeah, we've, we've found a way to make it work. Um, there's definitely, you know, that's, there's not the same camaraderie that there is when we're all together. Um, and I feel right. like, like our office... I feel like just our office as a whole kind of has been feeling that, you know, we have our zoom meetings. It's, it's really nice that we actually get to see each other and feel connected in a way. Um, but um, hopefully soon we can all get back to some sense of normalcy. But in the meantime, there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot to review. Um, and today, yes, today we are reviewing uh, a Netflix I don't want to say a Netflix original, but I guess, I guess kind of a Netflix original film. Hulu. Yep. Sorry. A Hulu original film. We've been doing a lot on Netflix, so I guess I'm just got Netflix on the brain. Um, Hulu original film, Big Time Adolescence. So this movie I saw when I was just kind of skimming through Hulu. Hulu has a lot of good movies, like old and new. So mm -hmm. um, sometimes when I'm bored and looking for something new to watch, I'll look to see what films are on there and I came across this one and thought that we should give it a review. A uh, quick little summary that I found on Wikipedia is, or no, actually on Rotten Tomatoes, a drug dealing college dropout becomes a mentor to his best friend, a straight-laced teen who idolizes him. So uh, that pretty much sums it up pretty well. Uh, it was uh, written and directed by Jason Orley in his uh, directional debut. And uh, some of the main cast are names that you'll probably recognize. 
So our uh, leads are uh, Griffin Gluck, who plays Monroe Mo Harris, and uh, he was in Lock and Key, which we just reviewed. Uh, Pete Davidson is also one of our leads um, from uh, Saturday Night Live. He plays Isaac Zeke Prisanti, I believe is how you say his last name. A um, couple of other smaller characters, we have Sydney Sweeney, who plays Holly, who is Zeke's girlfriend, who um, I have not seen the show, but I guess she was in Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, it took me, I kept being like, oh, that girl looks so familiar, and yeah, she has a, a minor role in Handmaid's Tale in, I think it's the second season. Not the entire show, but part of it. Nice. We yeah. also have uh, <laughs> um, his... Uh, Real name is Colson Baker, but his stage name is Machine Gun Kelly. He plays one of Zeke's friends, Nick. Um, and I did not know that uh, Machine Gun Kelly wanted to be an actor. He was also in The Dirt, and he played Tommy Lee, which we reviewed last year. So um, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of a fun, not cameo. He had an actual character. But that was a fun little character that he plays in this. Um, we also have John Cryer, who plays Ruben, uh, Moe's dad, and, um, Emily Arlook. I don't, I didn't recognize her in anything, but she plays Kate Harris, who is Moe's sister. Um, Una Lawrence, who plays Sophie, who is Moe's love interest. Uh, she has had some small roles on some, uh, television shows and movies, but she originated the role of Matilda on Broadway, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, so some lesser known names, but a couple of big names, I'd say obviously the biggest are John Cryer, who of course was in Two and a Half Men and uh, Pretty in Pink, among other uh, films in the 80s and 90s and beyond. And then Pete Davidson, of course. He, I think, is like the biggest pole here. And I have some great information about him in the making of this film. But first, let's talk about the movie itself. So it's only about 90 minutes. So it's a really quick watch again. It's on Hulu. Um, and it's, I wouldn't say it's like a difficult movie to get through. It's, it's pretty straightforward. So um, it starts off with uh, a flash forward to Mo being taken out of class by a police officer. He has a little voiceover, kind of like, you're probably wondering how I got here. It's all this guy's fault. It flashes back to six, year, six years before when Zeke is dating Mo's sister, Kate. Um, and Zeke was always really kind to Mo, and he tried to make him feel welcome. And so uh, they would go to like carnivals together, and he just kind of always tagged along with his sister and Zeke. And then Kate breaks up with Zeke after she accuses him of cheating on her slash flirting with other girls. However, Mo and Zeke remain friends. And uh, there's six year age difference, which is, uh, I thought like, you know, this is kind of something they never really talk about. It's really weird that they remain such good friends. I would say that that's pretty atypical for people at that stage in life, especially like for Mo in his stage in life. You know, do you remember ever thinking like, oh my gosh, even a two year age difference is so weird. You know, like if somebody in high school was dating somebody that was two years younger than them or whatever, it'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. Um, now when we're adults, it doesn't seem weird at all to be friends with somebody that's six years younger or older than you. But at that point in their lives, you know, for, um, for Zeke, I feel like it, 
his friends must think it is so weird that he's hanging out with a high school, like 16 year old kid. It's funny because I mean, like when they first show, there's like a little sequence in the beginning of the movie where um, it shows Zeke and his friends all hanging out in this like strip mall parking lot, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, getting, you know, smoking weed. And Mo's just there with them, this 10 year old kid. And then it shows him growing up to, you know, be 16 years old. Um, at the time, they're probably just like, yeah, this is a little weird. But it shows later on in the movie that like Nick doesn't even realize that Mo is 16. He thinks he's much older. Right. Um, but he's just always been around. Yeah. And, but I mean, like, I was just thinking about me personally, like, yeah, like when I was 10 years old, I have a sister that's six years older than me. They seemed so old and grown up to me and they would have never wanted to hang out with a 10 year old, you know, like, right. Or my parents either, which we'll get to that most parents, but my parents would have never let me hang out with somebody that much older than me, let alone somebody probably wasn't the best influence, but right. Mo uh, grows up, he's 16, and we're back to uh, present day. Zeke is 23, he is a college dropout, he just works at like a, I don't know, like a, kind of like a Nebraska furniture mart, like a, an appliance store or something yeah. like that, um, and he lives in his, uh, they, they just barely touch on this, but his grandmother passed away and she gave him her house, so he has a house, hangs out with his buddies, and Mo comes over all the time, and they drink and just hang out and uh there's a scene where I've honestly never heard of this it's like a a drinking game called I don't even know what it's called but it's like baseball and he gets a home run and he has to drink this mixed drink that's mixed with tons of stuff and like drugs and he shows up to school the next day hungover and his friend Stacy like hears him in the bathroom getting sick and I think that's when he kind of realizes like oh like he hangs out with older people maybe he can get us alcohol for a party. So um, Stacy reaches out to Mo and he's like, hey, I got invited to this like senior party. And I was wondering if you could help us get booze from your older friends. And so Zeke takes it upon himself, like, yeah, let's do this, but let's kind of like kick it up a notch. So they water down all of the booze he's gonna bring to the party. And he's like, let's sell them drugs for a higher price than they're worth because teens don't know what you know weed is worth let's make a little money off of it um so he's gonna do that but meanwhile aside from the party most parents are worried about zeke being a bad influence on their son but they continue to let him hang out with him um and there's actually a scene um i think this is after the first party but i just thought it was really funny uh reuben mo's dad uh when uh, zeke's dropping uh mo off comes out to his car and he like gives him money essentially like a babysitter like I'm gonna pay you to spend time with my son but you know make sure he's being responsible and one thing that I didn't really like was they never really came back to that mm -hmm. there was just that one scene where he gives him money it's it's a funny scene Zeke's just like super awkward like okay bye <laughs> like super uncomfortable mm -hmm. but they never really come back to that I thought it was kind of I don't know, it's like thrown in there. But anyway, so he goes to the party. And um, by the way, I thought this was really funny. He walks into the house and there's like nobody there. And there's just like whoever's house it is, the dad that's just like sitting on the couch. is like, oh, it's downstairs, which was to me like kind of reminiscent of like middle school. Like when you'd have like, like my, like I didn't 
well, I don't know. I guess I didn't go to a lot of parties in high school, but like parties like that where there's clearly teens doing things they shouldn't. The parent was never just upstairs. Um, but I do remember there being some parties like that where the parents like were none the wiser upstairs while kids were being ridiculous downstairs. But anyway, I just thought that was funny. It was funny. But they had- I think they noted about, they like had like a little quick note talking about, oh, like, the guy who was hosting the party at his house. So his, his parents like don't care. They're checked out. They like have all these problems. And so they, they just don't care what the kids are doing downstairs basically. Right. Yeah. Which is like sad, but anyway, sad. <laughs> but, anyway but the, this, this kid, whoever it is, I forgot his name, he, um, they always have these really cool themed parties. And this one, it was called like, uh, like pimps and hoes or something. So, uh, Mo shows up in like his dad's robe and a gold chain and he brings a briefcase full of this like watered down alcohol and the weed and he sees this girl Sophie there that um I think he has a class with and he uh immediately starts talking to her he even tries to like she's talking to some other guy he tries to like tell a joke that he saw Zeke tell to a group of girls that worked he doesn't quite deliver it correctly and the guy is like what'd you say to me and like freaks out but then they're all like no he's cool he brought the goods like just you know most cool leave him alone so the guy walks away he and Sophie start to talk and hang out and they really hit it off and it's really cute because uh Mo is immediately oh yeah you know I, I met this girl at the party I really like her and Zeke starts giving her him all of this advice really bad advice like you need to smother her with attention and call her. Don't text her. Girls love that. <laughs> and I'm just giving him all this bad advice. And uh, it actually kind of works, though. He does call her, and she, like, makes a joke, like, oh, yeah, I don't think anyone's called me in, like, four years. But, you know, <laughs> they, they have a nice conversation and uh, seem to hit it off pretty well. And then... It's a good uh, moment to show, like, that Zeke's techniques are outdated and he's just using like things that worked for him in high school it's kind of a funny moment when she when he calls her and she's like uh so and they're both just like sitting on the phone awkwardly not knowing what to say mm -hmm. um but I think it was just a really funny like nod to the fact that Zeke is so much older and things have changed mm -hmm. I honestly thought just like with his delivery he was telling him that to mess with him like oh yeah you should call her and I'm like mm. Nobody wants to be called anymore. Like I, when I see like my phone is ringing, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> also, can you, can you remember like the anxiety of when like your crush would call you or like somebody that you had, had like kind of a crush on and you would talk to them on the phone and you're like, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I absolutely the kids don't have to go through that these days but we did no no absolutely not and like kids have their own phones now and like back then like you had one landline and so you yes. likely had to talk to somebody's like mom or dad first which was super uncomfortable uh yeah kids they don't know how easy they have it yep but anyway so uh meanwhile mo continues to go to these big parties bringing more booze bringing more drugs um, and he just kind of becomes known as like, like a drug dealer in a school, but he's, you know, he's kind of has an in with the cool kids and his friend Stacy, which I guess they're friends, but they're like not friends. Like it's, Stacy definitely kind of takes advantage of him. 
Stacy's um, an asshole. Yeah, Stacy's not a good person, and he, especially like towards the end of the movie. But anyway, so um, uh, again, Zeke is dating Holly, but meanwhile, Kate Moe's sister is now dating this guy named Doug, and he seems really put together. They just moved into an apartment together, and I think she's about to take like the LSAT or something. Like Kate's mm-hmm. got her shit together, uh, but she is still kind of falling back into old ways, and she even hooks up with Zeke once. And she says it was a mistake. And uh, Zeke obviously still has pretty strong feelings for her. There's a scene where he's like creeping on her Instagram and um, just, you know, hasn't really let go of that yet. Kate and Doug are really into art. So Zeke pretends to get into art too. And they actually go to a museum and he's like, I want to buy that painting. And they're like, well, it's not for sale, but you can get a replica. So they buy the replica and then they're just in their parking lot where they hang out. And um, well, actually before all of that happens, um, Mo asks Sophie on a date and they go to dinner and Mo start, this is when Mo starts to kind of change his personality, starts dressing differently, starts acting differently, like not really himself. Um, but Sophie doesn't really, you know, like she, I don't know, like she doesn't really get that he is kind of putting on this facade just yet. So they go to dinner and then they go back to Zeke's to hang out and um, they play like Edward Forty hands. And (laughs) there's actually this really funny moment where uh, Nick is playing music and uh, Sophie's talking to him just about like school and stuff. And he's like, I don't care. (laughs) And she's like, can you play Megan Trainer?" (laughs) I thought that was like, what? Yeah. He's just like, "Uh what? Like, (laughs) that age difference was just very obvious there. It was funny. Um, so, uh, anyway, so yeah, they're just hanging out and having fun. And then Molly actually gets a hold of Zeke's phone and sees that he has been talking to other girls and she gets very upset and leaves. Um, but then meanwhile, while I think Sophie's getting like an Uber or something and while they're outside waiting, um, they kiss and it's really cute. And, um, like, okay, well, I'll see you at school. And so she leaves and it's so adorable. Mo goes inside to his friends, you know, these older guys, like we kiss, like he's just so excited, you know, and so innocent. And they just kind of, almost kind of like, not make fun of him, but they're just kind of like, oh, you kiss, like, you know, just kind of giving him. Yeah. So they call him um, tongue daddy. <laughs> they're like, we, it's, I think it's time you get a tattoo. So they actually, we don't see it until later, but he gets a tattoo uh, that night. And uh, then the next day is when they go to the art museum and they're just in the parking lot. And then I think one of Zeke's old friends or something is just like there and is like, hey man, it's been such a long time. And this scene made me really sad because uh, the guy has a bunch of weed and he's like, let's hop off like old times. And Mo doesn't do drugs. And he's like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to get high. I've never been high before. I have a family dinner later. And Zeke, he reluctantly allows the guy to do it. And the guy's kind of aggressive. Like, he's just like, come on. Like, he's, he's a huge asshole about it. Yeah. So then Mo gets a contact high. He gets really stoned before he shows up for his uh, family dinner. And it's actually really funny how he's like, all like, paranoid and how he's acting in front of his grandparents but his dad can see right through it and so he's like can I see you in the other room and that's when he uh 
notices that he's high and he sees the tattoo, which is Tongue Daddy on his chest. And he's like, that's it. You can't hang out with Zeke anymore. And of course, you know, like parents will say things like that. But Mo's like, I'm not going to stop hanging out with him. He's my best friend. So they, you know, have this disagreement. But uh, of course, Mo still hangs out with him. So um, one of the things that Zeke tells Mo to do is to, once he has Sophie and she's interested, is to immediately start ghosting her and stop talking to her. So he does that. And she's obviously hurt. She doesn't get why he's doing that. After realizing um, his mistake with Sophie, he tries to explain the reason for ignoring her, kind of just like, oh, well, it's what Zeke told me to do. I thought that's how you talk to girls. And she's just like, I am not falling for that bullshit. Like, no, like, you're not cool. Like, you think you are. And she just kind of, you know, dismisses him, doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. Um, and then meanwhile, Mo gets a call from Holly and he goes over to her place this was really uncomfortable. I didn't like this at all. Uh, Holly told him the truth about, you know, why she and Zeke broke up. And then uh, she actually takes Mo's virginity to get back at Zeke. I thought that was really uncomfortable. Because is she supposed to be yeah. as old as Zeke? I think so. Or like maybe a little bit younger. Yeah, definitely older than Mo. Definitely not in high school. Yeah, that was kind of icky. But yeah. So, um Stacy is hanging out with um, some of the seniors and they're uh, smoking weed in the car. And I think he's also maybe a little drunk too. And they, um, he swerves off the road and then all of the, his friends abandon him. They're all like, bye, leave him alone in the car. And he's in a ditch and he doesn't know what to do. So he abandons the car. And then the next day, a cop comes to school finding his car that he well no actually he goes back to get his car and it's gone it's been you know towed and so the cop tells him they kind of have started to get an idea that there's a drug problem at the school but they don't know where it's coming from so they are like well we'll tell your parents about this situation with your car or you can help us and tell us who is supplying the kids with the drugs because they found some in the car and so they're pretty much giving him which is like it's a really shitty thing what Stacy ends up doing, but it's also like, what would you do? You know, like, are yeah, you he's put in a bad situation for sure. It's, you know, maybe if they were true friends, maybe he wouldn't rat on his friend, but also at the same time, Stacy like egged Mo on over and over to continue to bring drugs and alcohol to the parties. It, it yeah, it's a shitty situation, but it also was kind of a dick move. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's funny to think back and and think of how terrified we were, at least I was, of like my parents finding out what I was doing when they weren't around, you know, like that was like the end all like, oh my God, if my parents find out that I went to this party or that my parents found out that I did this, then my life is over, which is so funny now that we're adults and we're like, okay, there's much worse things in in life than your parents finding out that you went to a party or whatever. Um, but he's definitely freaking out. Like Stacy is like, my parents cannot find out. This is going to be terrible. Um, and so he ends up ratting Mo out. No, I 100% agree. Like when I was in high school, like I, you know, and I wasn't really like 
you know, going to parties and stuff like that in high school, but just anything like that. Yeah. You, you would never want your parents to find out. It's like the end of the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's really, and it's funny too. Like when you go to college, like I remember, you know, having a curfew obviously in high school. And then I went to college and when I'd come home for like holidays or whatever, my dad would still try to like enforce that curfew on me. Like, can you be home by oh, that's funny. And I'm like, dad, I could be out all night in school and you wouldn't know. Like, right. but you know, it, it all changes as you get older, obviously. So anyway, Mo goes to, um, it's like a cop's party where all of the kids are dressed as cops, which is funny a little bit later. And he goes to, he, he's actually there to like do one last sell, I guess. No idea what's about to happen to him. Um, but he really goes so he can um, apologize to uh, Sophie. But again, she wants nothing to do with it. She doesn't care. And he's such an asshole about it too. He's like, but what? I apologize. And she's like, but that doesn't make up for what you did. Like, you can't just say I'm sorry and think that, oh, it's fine, whatever. So um, anyway, the cops know that Mo is going to be there and they show up and all the kids who are, you know, drunk and also dress like cops, the cops are like, hey, it's the police. And they're like, yeah, it is, woohoo. <laughs> it's so funny. They don't realize. Um, but then um, Mo is in the room with Sophie and they knock on the door, demanding that they unlock the door. He realizes what's going on, jumps out the window. And then Zeke, uh, I, I forget how Zeke knows what's going on. And Zeke is driving and he sees the cop cars going by to the party. I think he had dropped Mo off at the party. And so when he was leaving and driving home, he saw the police and then he like, it was so funny because he like swung around and stops the, like the police officer and he's like, Hey officer, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we're about to bust a party. And Zeke knows that it's the party that he just invited Mo to. And Zeke's like, man, you know, like, just let these guys go. They're just kids. They're just having fun. And the cop is like, dude, I can smell weed in your car. Why don't you just go? <laughs> and he's like, yep, yep, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes and then, he, but he like sneaks over to the party. He like ditches his car kind of and sneaks over to the party and is there for when Mo jumps off the roof into the swimming pool. And then he gets him out and gets him over to the car so that he can escape the party. This was like the scene where, I mean, despite all the crappy things that Zeke does to Mo, like he yeah. shows that he genuinely cares about him and is, has his best interest in mind, even if he doesn't have the best methods. So I thought that that was, you know, really great that he was there for him and he takes him back to his house and Mo is freaking out. Like he's like, I'm, I'm toast. Like I, you know, there, I have to come clean. I have to come forward, you know, because what else am I going to do? Like, am I just going to hide the rest of my life? And Zeke is just kind of like, oh, you'll be fine. You're in high school. You'll be fine. You know, like if it happened to me, like I'm in my twenties, like, you know, I'd do hard time. You'll be fine. And then this is also when Mo, uh, comes clean about what happened with Holly or with Molly. And, uh, Zeke forgives him. Like he, it's like not a big deal to him. Like just kind of, it's, it's, or no, sorry, this Holly, not Molly. Um, <laughs> and they reconcile, they, they make up and I was very surprised by that. I thought Zeke was going to be pissed. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I thought that was interesting too. Like, but I don't know if he ever, I think he still just really had 
you know, feelings for Kate. And maybe Holly was True. kind of like a, I don't know, not a rebound because it's been a while, obviously, since he and Kate dated. But he even like goes to Kate's apartment and she's like, you need to, this is all before this party, but she tells Zeke, like, you need to stop ruining my brother's life. And he tries to kiss her. And she's like, what part of that made you think that I wanted to kiss you? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. But also kind of sad. And she basically tells him that he's a loser and that he's dragging Mo down to you know his lifestyle and and that's why she didn't want to be with him and that's why she doesn't want Mo to hang out with him anymore and she's very honest and and Zeke I'm sure probably takes it pretty hard deep down but acts like it's it doesn't bother him oh yeah they definitely show him just kind of you know he's been dumped by his his girlfriend and then Mm -hmm. his ex-girlfriend calls him a loser and and he kind of realized he even quit his job. Like, he doesn't have a job anymore. Like, he is a loser. Like, and he's kind of realizing, mm-hmm. yeah, I have nothing going for me. And maybe, maybe, you know, Mo actually had a shot. And so he, he tells Mo that he should blame everything on him. You know, it's all my fault. But Mo declines and he says that Zeke has done enough. He needs to handle this on his own. And then that's when we jump back to the scene in the beginning of the movie where um, he is brought into the principal's office. His parents are there and he ends up getting expelled, which is really, really shitty. And then this scene is actually, it's funny, but it's not uh, Zeke and, or not Zeke, Mo and his dad show up to Zeke's house and uh, his dad comes like barging in and like punches him in the face. And he's like, do not ever come near me or my family ever again. Mo is in like the front door or in the doorway and Ruben's like I told you to stay in the car and he like goes back to the car and then Mo tells him like just wanted you to know I got expelled and so so Mo has to go to a new school and it kind of flashes forward a little bit he's doing community service and uh you know picking up trash on the side of the road and he's only allowed to use his car to go to and from community service and uh then he goes through like a drive-through and he can hear that it's it's Zeke or maybe he sees him in the in the window I'm not sure which it is but he sees that Zeke is now working at just some like fast food place so he goes inside on his break and they kind of catch up on what's going on and it seems like Zeke has not changed at all like he seems still very much the same and he asks if Mo wants to hang out that night or maybe the next day and Mo says, yeah, maybe, maybe we can. And, and that's how the movie ends. It kind of ends on a really kind of a shitty note. Like it just kind of ends like, yeah, well, this is what happens when you hang out with degenerates, I guess. I don't know. Like it, there's no real reconciliation. There's no, like, there's no satisfying ending to this movie. Like it's a good movie, but by the end, you're just kind of like, oh, well, to me, him, he's very hesitant when Zeke is like, hey, man, so like, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to hang out? And Mo's like, um, actually, I have plans with my parents. And then Zeke's like, okay, well, like, how about tomorrow? And then Mo's like, um, maybe. Like, I, in normal times, Mo would have been like, yeah, dude, like, screw my parents. Let's hang out. Let's do all these things. And I think it was a good, like, kind of transition for him to realize that like Zeke is a bad influence and that it's not in his best interest to hang out with Zeke and like he feels bad because he loves Zeke as his friend um but he knows that it's going to take him you know 
down a wrong turn in life if he continues to hang out with him. So he doesn't want to hurt his feelings by telling him no. At least that's how I took it. But he didn't want to tell, like, hurt his feelings by telling him no. So he's like, maybe. But really, I think that if we were to see another scene, I think that that um, Mo would have blown him off. Yeah, I think I just meant more like it, you know, you would have hoped that there was some sort of redemption for Mo for everything that happened because it did seem like he had somewhat of a future, like he had some sort of plans and he met this great girl and they never get back together and he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of loses all of his friends. Obviously his popularity has to go to a new school and start all over again and, you know, who knows how that affected his education and and we obviously don't see any of that, but, you know, just kind of went to show just how easy it is for anybody to get kind of swindled into that, you know, kind of slacker mentality and it can kind of take away everything from you. Kind of a bummer. I think that it is a good, like realistic picture of like a coming of age story. And, you know, the fact that there's, there's people that, be like they they mold into that lifestyle of being a slacker and being a druggie and and trying to get around the rules but you know quitting like how Zeke quit his job because he felt like he was making so much money off of the high school kids selling them drugs that he was like why would I need to work when I can just have you sell these drugs for me you know like I think that Mo it, it shows a good like description or depiction of what the difference between somebody that like becomes a lifer slacker and somebody that makes a conscious choice to not go down that path and to change his life, even though it's hard for him because, you know, those, that was his best friend and he, he didn't see the problems with it. I don't think at first, you know, like, I think he thought it was cool that Zeke had his own house and he could have people over and he could drink and smoke and kind of do whatever he wanted. But then he realized that it is not, not cool. And that's not the life that he wants. And I think too, it just shows, you know, like when you're like, you don't really realize like, kind of like you were saying in the beginning, Nina, like, you know, six years is not a big deal, right? You know, to us in our like late twenties, thirties, forties, like a six year difference is nothing. But when you're that young, like 16 year olds, like they're so impressionable and they really don't have anything to base life off of because just uh, up until that point, they've just been you know, under the, the guide of their parents and, you know, their teachers, they don't really have anything else to go off of. And he's always looked up to Zeke. He's always been a friend to him and has always looked out for him. And he even says, you know, Zeke showed me my first naked picture of a woman on his phone and like all these adult things. And I say that with quotations, like adult things, like when you're that young, somebody older and is able to do you know has all this freedom to do what they want just seems so cool and like something you want but you know when you're that young you you know you can't have those things yet and you really need to figure out what it is that you want and you know take that time to you know I don't know I guess not follow the rules but do you know what I mean like just kind of be smarter about your choices or you might get stuck that way and I think it's also Kate that says like yeah, Zeke's really fun, but it gets old really fast. Yeah. Which and is- I th- I think that Mo being so impressionable and and like we see Mo in the movie that he's just kind of this plain guy. He's like just a normal like teenager, nothing like super amazing about him. He's not like a quarterback or like anything crazy like that. You know, he's just like an average high school kid and 
And I think that he really took advantage of the fact that the going to the parties and providing the drugs and alcohol, like kind of gave him a, a higher social status and made him kind of popular. And he liked that. Um, he talked a lot about how he didn't want to be the, he's like, I don't want to be known as this guy, the guy that brings the drugs. Like I, that's not my scene, you know? Um, and he tried to tell Zeke quite a few different times that like, he didn't feel comfortable doing it. He didn't want to do it anymore. Um, but then he sort of got into that routine and, and enjoyed the popularity that it was giving him. And I think that at the end of the movie, he realized that, you know, Zeke needed Mo just as much as Mo needed him in, in feeling popular and feeling cool and, and feeling wanted. Like they had this like symbiotic relationship where they like both needed each other. And he just realized that that he didn't need that to, you know, have a, I don't know, a successful life or whatever. Like he didn't need Zeke to lead him down this path and he could have his own life without, using like drugs and alcohol to make him more popular. Absolutely. I 100% agree. We will talk more about this movie. I have some fun little nuggets of information on how it was made and just some kind of reviews on it. And then obviously our review, but first let's quickly talk about what else we're watching. So really the only other thing that I'm watching right now, and I don't want to give too much away, is I am watching Hunters, which is on Amazon Prime. Big fan so far. Um, but I gotta say the first episode is an hour and a half long and that is so daunting to me. <laughs> like, just like an hour and a half in just the first episode where, you know, you can watch something like, I don't know, The Office. And that's like, four episodes, you know? <laughs> like, um, but I have also been rewatching Community, which I haven't watched in a long time. And I've been enjoying that. Community is really cool. Um, if you're not familiar with it, that is available on Netflix. Um, but really that's about it. Um, surprisingly, I haven't been watching a whole lot else. Um, at home, actually, we are painting all of the um, upstairs of my house. We finished painting the living room. Uh, I think we're going to officially finish it today because uh, we had to do all the trim as well as the walls. Um, so we've been doing that and just, you know, being home, trying to do somewhat productive stuff aside from work, of course. So um, yeah, that's, that's been what I've been doing and watching, I guess. Nina, what about you? Um, I have kind of loosely been watching some shows, not as much watching as I am used to. I think that being in front of the computer all day long I, and having literally nothing else to do, I'm kind of just like, uh, I don't want to be in front of another screen as much as I normally would, which is really bizarre for me because it's never really bothered me before. But I think that just the fact that I'm like dying to go outside and it's literally snowing in Omaha right now, I'm just like, uh, I'm tired of having only screens to like motivate me to do anything. But I did watch a movie over the weekend called Bombshell that came out this yeah. last year yeah it's a biographical drama um it was in theaters for a little bit I don't know how huge it ended up being in theaters because there was some other really good stuff that came out right at the same time like I we I remember I saw the poster for it when we went to see the gentleman um 
and then we saw the new Bad Boys movie too. So I missed it in theaters. I still wanted to see it. Um, it's a movie that has Charlize Theron, it has Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie. And they're, they're all like representing women that were affected by the sexual harassment from uh, Roger Ailes at Fox News. So it was, I, was, I didn't know anything really about that story when that was happening back in what was that 2016 um yeah when that was happening in 2016 I was not paying attention to it really I um just wasn't really very updated on what was happening in you know the news and whatnot it was during the the um it was during the presidential um elections when that was all happening so there was like the debates on tv and whatnot and so there was a lot of coverage of that i wasn't really paying attention to anything else that was really going on other than the um election and everything leading up to that but basically it just kind of outlines like what happened um to megan kelly and um oh, what's her name gretchen carlson so you know basically representing a bunch of women that were sexually harassed by the big head honcho at Fox News, which is crazy. I didn't really know much about that either. Um, and I, Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie, and I think Shirley's got nominated for Oscars for that. I know Margot did. Did Shirley's Theron get nominated? I don't know. Actually. I I have been so impressed with Margot Robbie. The first thing I saw her in was, of course, The uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. And she played, you know, her character wasn't very big, but she played it well. And she's gone on to do some really interesting, like, character pieces. Like, I thought she was amazing in I, Tonya. And um, I heard she was also really good oh, yeah. in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I, I'm not a big fan of like the whole comic. I, I know I'm so sorry. I know a lot of us are comic book fans out there, but like Suicide Squad, I, I didn't care for. And um, the new film that she's in, that's like its own little spinoff with Harley Quinn. Didn't have an interest in seeing that. Um, but I, I feel like she has a wide range. I feel like she's able to do a lot. So I'm really impressed with kind of her repertoire so far. And I'm interested to see what else she's going to do. Yeah, she's amazing. She's been in so many good movies. Um, she's, I don't know, she's so beautiful. She's such a good actress. I just love her. Um, her role is actually a little bit more minor than um, Charlize Theron and Nicole Kidman in this movie. Um, she was kind of more of a, like, general representation of, like, women that were trying to climb the ladder to being successful in, like, cable television. Um, Whereas Charlize Theron and Nicole Kidman's characters were already there and they were talking kind of about how, what they had to do to get there. And so it was, it was pretty disturbing, especially just because it really wasn't that long ago that all of this happened. And then like looking back at all the things that have happened since then, um, you know, how we talk about like everything that happened with the Me Too movement, um, Everything that happened with, what's his name? It's that guy from ABC. Is it Mark Lau? Yes. No, Mark, not Mark Lau. 
Okay, I know. Recruiter. No, that's a recruiter. <laughs> I have to cut that shit out. <laughs> no, I Matt, Matt. Matt Power, not Mark Lowe. <laughs> I almost said Matt Lawfren, so I was like, I just can't. I am so sorry, Mark. I'm so sorry, Matt. Neither of you are bad people. I apologize. That's so funny. Um, but anyway, it shows a lot about, um, you know, everything that's happened with the Me Too movement, everything that happened with Matt Lauer, um, what we talked about on our, our episode of the morning show, yes. just all of the things that have happened with women coming forward and talking about sexual harassment, especially um, in their careers. It's just, it, I think it was a, a really good movie depicting that, what like happened to those women. Interesting. I'll have to give that yeah. one a watch. Um, there's, again, there's a ton of great stuff coming out um, just in like the next month. I really want to watch, I think it's just called Hollywood. It's supposed to be coming out on Netflix. Um, there is a show that I actually just sent to Nina that is also coming out on Netflix uh, next month called um, Never Have I Ever. It was written by uh, Mindy Kaling. So I really want to watch that one as well. I love her. Um, also, Dead to Me season two is coming out. Very excited about that one. Um, you know, if we're going to be stuck indoors um, for the next month or so, who, who knows how long? At least there's a lot of good stuff coming out for us to watch, right? True. But uh, yeah, that is what else we're watching. everybody welcome back to our review of big time adolescence so again um one of our main characters zeke is played by pete davidson who um got fame from snl which he is still a part of and i think you know we talked about this a little bit before we started reviewing this movie has an 84 percent on rotten tomatoes and i don't know about you nina but i love i like i don't worship rotten tomatoes but generally i agree with the reviews and the consensuses sometimes I don't but I'd say I mostly agree so if a movie has really high reviews I'm generally like okay I want to see that if it has really low reviews I'm like eh, not really interested um but this movie has great reviews but every actual review when I just googled reviews um of this movie it wasn't well received and I think a lot of the critique comes from uh some people thought that, you know, it was just Pete being himself. Uh, he's definitely in the, in the tabloids a lot for his dating life and for his, uh, uh, just his personality, I guess. He definitely comes off as that kind of like bad boy, uh, you know, other side of the tracks. Um, but uh, I don't know. I was really surprised. He, I, I, I like him. I don't, is he like my favorite comedian? No, but I, I like him on SNL. I think he's funny. I think he's genuine and one of his staples in his comedy is just being honest and authentic which i really appreciate and i thought he really carried his own in this movie he was a surprising lead he was able to you know make it his own and um he really made that character believable i don't think it was much of a stretch for maybe what his life was like but um i i definitely don't think that it was just pete just being himself but um I thought he did a good job and I think 
Um, Griffin Gluck did good as well. And I'm really interested to see what he does in the future too. Cause I think, you know, honestly everybody in the cast, but these two, especially, I thought they did a really good job and it was a really authentic relationship that they portrayed together. Yeah. And I don't think that there's necessarily, even if Pete Davidson was being himself, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I think that that just makes him a, a better actor in that situation and um, really portrays what that kind of personality and what that kind of lifestyle looks like in real life and how it can affect people that are younger than him. That's true. I don't think that there's necessarily anything, you know, people critiquing him saying that that's just him, like whatever, he landed a role that was perfect for him then, or maybe the show was even written with him in mind. Who knows? Um, I actually have some information on that. So oh, really? Um, Jason Orley, who wrote the film, um, started writing it six years ago, and it was actually very loosely based on his own adolescence. Nothing that actually happens in the movie, like the drug dealing or any of that, none of that happened to him, but um, he always admired these aimless older guys with dead-end jobs, which we kind of talked about that a little bit when you're young, like there's just something about these like older guys who, you know, can, you know, buy alcohol and have their own place and just seem like they're, you know, no responsibilities. Like that just seems so cool. And uh, then when you actually spend an extended amount of time with these people, you're like, oh, like they have no goal in life. Like it gets old really fast, but that's kind of what inspired him to write this movie. And um, it, I think in 2014, yeah, it got picked up and uh, was kind of tossed around a little bit and it didn't seem like it was going to get made. And then it wasn't until Pete Davidson came along where it took off and a bunch of money was funded and that's when it premiered at Sundance. And um, so he kind of, uh, Pete and Jason worked really closely with the script and I thought this was really funny. Um, the story of Mo hotboxing with Zeke was actually how Pete Davidson first smoked pot and he thought it was so funny that they wrote it into the script. That is funny. I think that that is probably a way that a lot of people have their first experience with weed. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. It was also, it just happened to be with older guys that he was with and he had never done it before, but I just thought that was really funny. You know, little pieces of his own life put into the movie. Um, I read mm -hmm. a review that I thought was interesting, kind of like the overall theme that we've been talking about. Um, this was from The Wrap written by William Bib Bibiani. And he said, to Orly's credit, Big Time Adolescence deftly captures the insidiousness of pride and sloth, which presents so many tiny opportunities for self-destruction that even a bright kid can fall prey to, at least some of, prey to at least some of them. The affable familial relationship Luck and Davidson develop in the film skillfully hides all the red flags that would otherwise be spelled out in 50 feet neon letters. So the worst decisions in the world can be made as blithely as ordering a hamburger without pickles. I thought that was really interesting. And that is totally too, true too, because I feel like Mo felt like Zeke was an older brother figure to him. And so you can imagine that if you're following the leadership of your older sibling, you're not going to question, you know, what they're doing or what they're asking you to do. You're just going to say like, yeah, you know, you're older than me you're my you know mentor or whatever and you're just gonna trust that person absolutely i still think though like i don't think that most parents were bad people by any means they met well and they knew like as a teenager when they're like you're you know you're gonna go drink right like they knew what he was up to in a way but 
there's that mm-hmm. fine line of parenting where, you know, you can't, you know, have that helicopter mentality because your kids are just going to rebel anyway, but you right. also don't want your kid to just do whatever they want and not, you know, they trusted Mo in the sense that he's smart enough to make his own decisions. But yeah, Zeke was like an older brother. And when you put that much trust in somebody that you, you know, believe in and have known for all of your, you know, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, for your like, like pivotal years of your life where you learn and you grow so much that yeah, that can happen to anybody where you kind of just fall into bad habits. And, and this happens over the span of maybe a few months where his life mm-hmm. just completely spirals out of control. And that can, that can happen to anyone. And it's unfortunate, but you know, it's, it's, it happens. It happens to kids all the time. Another thing yeah. that I thought was really interesting was, um, so I don't know if you've heard of the, uh, is it the bed test? Mm-mm. So I think that's how you say it. So it's, it's a term used for films. Um, if it passes the Betchel test, it's, it's a good feminist film. This movie is not. And it says that, um, like, one of, the, one of the, you know, passing factors of the test is if there are two women in the movie who speak to each other and it has nothing to, like, their conversation doesn't have to do with other men. That doesn't happen in this movie either, unfortunately. But... One thing that um, Jason really wanted to make happen in this movie was it was very important that the boys never got the girls in the end. So much of the movie is about this guy giving his friend bad advice about girls. And it was important to me that at no point did the advice work. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that that's a really good perspective. I also think that, um, what's her name? girl love interest Sophie yeah so well actually both Sophie and Holly really stood up for themselves which I felt like was a pretty good like feminist move that they weren't gonna sit around and and let these boys treat them how they felt like and and ignore them when they wanted and and talk to other girls or look at other girls and, and whatnot like they both just peaced out and stuck to their guns um when it would have been pretty easy to just, you know, roll over and take it kind of thing. So. Agreed. And even, Sorry, yeah. even Kate too, like Kate, you know, yeah, she did continue to kind of have an affair with Zeke for a little bit, but she wised up at the end. She's like, this is my loser ex-boyfriend. I'm dating this really. And like her new boyfriend was a cool guy. Like he was nice. And he like, you know, I don't know many guys that would allow my, you know, their girlfriend to like just casually invite their ex over and like, mm-hmm. like be totally cool with it. Like he was just like, Hey Zeke, how's it going? Like he was just a, such a nice guy. And like, she had so much going for her and she's like, I'm not going to let this, you know, loser bring me down. Like as harsh as that sounds, but it's, it's true. Right. All the women in this movie, the female characters we're very independent. They didn't need no man. Well, I guess Kate had her boyfriend, but that, that's besides the point. But she really, like, leveled up with her boyfriend. Like, he was an awesome guy compared to Zeke. So I think that that goes to show that, like, even if you are stuck in kind of this relationship that's like, it was her childhood boyfriend. They dated, you know, for the majority of high school, it, it seems, and, and maybe even before then. And 
you know, you don't have to be stuck in that relationship if you don't want to be, if you don't think that it's up to your standards of, of how you want to live your life. Like she was like, you know, this is why we didn't stay together because I didn't see you ever changing basically. So I really respected that about the women in the movie too. Agreed. Um, on that note, let's get into our review of Big Time Adolescence. For me, I think I'm going to give it maybe like a three out of five. Um, we talked about this in our last review. Um, I'm a person that loves to rewatch movies. This is not one that I really see myself rewatching. Um, I thought it had some really funny moments. It had some really sweet moments. I thought the cast was really great. I loved the soundtrack and I loved like the direction kind of felt like an indie movie. I, I, I liked it, but I just felt that it, it didn't really know what the, t what tone it wanted to be. Like it, it wasn't as funny as it could have been. It wasn't as dramatic as it could have been. It was just, it, it felt very safe. Um, and I also just, I was just kind of disappointed with the ending. Like I, I understand that what happened needed to happen and, you know, Mo was supposed to lose everything, but he, you know, he had good intentions and he, he was a good person. I felt that he deserved a little bit more of a redemption in the end, but you know, maybe he didn't deserve that. I don't know. Um, but I think overall just, it, it could have been more for me. I think, you know, it was an, it was a fun movie to watch. Would I recommend it? Sure. Especially if you, you know, you like the actors that are in it. It's, you know, it's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, give it a watch, but I, it's not something that I, think everyone needs to see by any means so three out of five I totally agree with that I think I'd probably give it a 3.5 out of five um but I totally agree with everything you said I think that the movie feels relatable when I think about back to how I was in high school and how you know you know these people that have like sort of a, an arrested development and and I had kind of friends like that 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 were that way when I was young seniors when they graduated after my freshman year and they still kind of hung around with the high school kids and um didn't really want to grow up kind of people I was exposed to those people and I thought that they were cool at the time now when I think about it in retrospect I'm like gosh what losers like you know um so I feel like the film is just so familiar in that way and I feel like that's why I liked it a little bit more, I think, though I agree that I don't think that I would ever need to watch it again. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more redemption for Mo too, but I think that you are set up to imagine what would happen to him and the choices that he would make going forward with having learned that lesson. Um, you know, understanding that he knows that like, you know, a fast life leads to loneliness, you know, when everyone else around you is growing up, he could see what his future would look like. Like Zeke was a perfect example of what his future would look like if he continued down the road that he was on. So I think that it was a, I liked the film in general. There were a few things that I like agree with you about that it could be funnier. It could have been um, a little bit more dramatic with everything that he was going, like Mo was going through. Um, but I still liked it in the end. I'd give it a three out of five, 3.5 out of five. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I agree with that too. Like those people, we all, we know, we, we all know people like that with that, with that sense of, you know, can't grow up, you know, are just kind of stuck in this rut of, of wanting to go back. But 
you know, being too old to go back and needing to move forward and bringing other people, unfortunately, down with them. I think we all know somebody like that. And so, yeah, I agree. The familiarity was, was definitely, um, uh, spot on. Yes. Spot on. And also it, it was what kind of dragged me to it is, you know, I, I'm obviously not in high school anymore, but, uh, you know, just kind of, that still feels fresh to me like that idea, I guess. Um, but also at the same time, like I said, that scene with Nick and Sophie, the, just the age difference in the music and her, like all she wants to talk about is school and people at school. And, you know, like Nick's like, I don't care about any of these things. I just, I Mm -hmm. thought that was really funny and definitely relatable. Um, because any, that's how I feel anytime I talk to high schoolers, I'm like, uh, what? (laughs) It's funny to think of how your maturity changes so quickly between like, when you first go in high school and when you first start college, like the things that you think are important and think the important and the things that you think are, you know, good topics to talk about just change so drastically. And so it's funny to think of that, like all of these older kids are cool with hanging out with these high schoolers, but really they have nothing in common anymore. Um, I'm going to end this with a really funny story because it reminded me of it. So when I was in college, when I was about to be a junior, uh, my friend, he had this nice house and he would have these parties and um, it was mostly kids from our school, like our college, but there was one night where just, I don't know how they found out. I don't know where they came from, but a bunch of like recent high school grads just showed up to this party. Oh and my gosh. We didn't know that they were high school grads, but we're like, you know what? The more the merrier. Cool. And so we're all hanging out and I'm talking to this kid and he's talking about, oh yeah, I'm about to be a freshman at UNL. And like, this is my roommate. And I was like, wait, what? Like, who are you? And all of them, the funniest part was all of them were asking, what did you get on your ACT? Like, that was such a big deal to them. And I'm like, nobody cares. And that was only a two year difference. But right. I thought that was so funny. I'm just like, this is what you guys talk about? Like what you got on your like college test scores? You're like, buddy, you're not going to care about that in six months. Trust me. No, <laughs> it was very, it was very funny to me. Just like, just the difference between an 18 year old and a 20 year old, like what you care about. Yeah. That was very funny. All right, guys, that concludes our review of Big Time Adolescence. Um, we are looking forward to the next few weeks while we're at home. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for uh, the end of April and for May. But as always, if there's anything that you guys are watching that you like, um, that you want us to talk about, please let us know. Um, And again, I'm gonna end every episode this way. Thank you for all of our healthcare workers out there for what you're doing right now, especially in the Northeast. I know that it's really scary out there right now. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing um, and just hang in there. And uh, hopefully the storm will be over soon, but um, just, keep rocking it. You guys are the backbone of our country and health right now. I, that sounded really, really disingenuous, but I mean, I really mean it. So, so thank you guys. And, and if uh, you need a good distraction, yes, just distract yourself with some streaming stuff, try to escape the reality of what's going on right now. And, and, you know, distract yourself with an alternate Kind of thing. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but an alternate world where people yeah. leave their house. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Keep on streaming.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.